Good evening. It is uh, 7 p.m. or a little past, so I'm calling today's or tonight's uh, Rent Stabilization Commission here, uh, meeting to, uh, to order. Um, we'd like to start by first acknowledging that the land on which we gather, currently known as the City of West Hollywood, is the occupied, unceded, seized land of the Gabrielino Tonga and the Gabrielino Quiche people. Uh, Commissioner March, would you like to lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance? Welcome to those that are attending in person and those that are watching online this evening. Uh, Madam Secretary, may we have a roll call, please? Yes. Commissioner Bass? Here. Commissioner Kirpies? Here. Commissioner Martz? Here. Commissioner Rory? Present. Commissioner Topshin? Here. Vice Chair Moore? Here. Chair Wright? Present. We have quorum. Um, if everyone's had a chance to review tonight's agenda, I will entertain a motion. So move. We have a motion and a second. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Aye. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. All right, if everyone's had a chance to review the minutes from our prior meeting, um, I will entertain a motion for approval. I move, I move to approve as presented. Second. We have a motion and a second. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass? Aye. Commissioner Kirpies? Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. All right. uh, Madam Secretary, are there any public comments this evening? Yes, we have two public commenters in chambers. All right. Uh, I want to inform the public that any items not on tonight's agenda, we won't be able to make any comments on. Um, we are also, uh, there's also been an increase in attacks in many cities around the state, whereby public commenters, commentators have been calling into public comment lines at city council meetings and forcing communities to hear vile, hateful and racist and anti-Semitic public comments. We anticipate these, sorts, these types of comments um, at our meeting tonight based on the number of cities that have experienced, experienced these attacks. I would like to tell the public and staff that while we may sometimes seem divided on some political issues, West Hollywood is united against hate. Staff has provided us signs that my colleagues, staff, and the public may use to express that we are united against hate. If you hear a comment that is hateful, you may hold up your sign or you may leave the room or turn down your volume at home. You are not required to endure hateful speech that offends decency and our own core values. Please let the signs show that we are united against hate and this type of speech does not reflect our values. While these disruptors may be taking advantage of the opportunity to speak to our community because we currently provide for telephonic comments, they will not break our spirit. We are united against hate. Each of the speakers this evening will have three minutes to speak. When you begin, please state your name, your city of residence, and your preferred pronouns. The first uh, speaker may come to the podium. Elena. Hi, good evening, uh, honorable 
Commissioners, uh, so happy to see you here today. I was working with a few of you before. My name is Elena Goldenberg. I'm going to read from my phone. I'm a resident of City of West Hollywood. I'm here tonight to speak to the Rent Stabilization Commission regarding an inclusionary housing unit located at 1050 North Edinburgh Avenue, apartment 102, where I lived for 13 years. I moved out of this unit in December 2018 because of the fire. I was told by Rent Stabilization Department that I would be able to move back in after renovation, but after several inquiries throughout the years since I moved out, there was no information about the unit from the Rent Stabilization Department. Recently, my former, former neighbor informed me that this unit was purchased, renovated, and is occupied by the owner's son. My question is, has the city of West Hollywood lost this low-income inclusionary housing unit? Is anyone from the city rent stabilization department can answering this question to me and the city low-income residents? I know that we have uh, a big uh, problem with the low-income units. It's a huge list of people who are waiting for that, uh, for this unit and for other units. And because it was happened to me, my question also is any other cases like that that we don't know? I'm sure if I wouldn't raise this question, you would never know that you lost or losing this unit. It was a very beautiful unit, but a thing happened. And uh, so I'd like to hear answer. I've been in uh, rent stabilization several times by person. I call. And they always pushed me, uh, told me that, oh, the person who was talking to me told me that, you know, I'm not, um, cannot answer you to this question. It's some other person, they will call you. They never did, unfortunately. I know that rent stabilization is very uh, good uh, department and they usually work very well, but for, for some, some uh, reason they failed in this case. So I'd like you to please uh, consider to look at it because I know the city really needs the low income uh, housing. And if this happened with me, it might happen with someone else in someone else units. So just raise this question and uh, if you can answer to me by phone or email. Thank you very much for your attention. Okay, and I want to thank you for your comment. And as I said, we can't answer um, on the on the spot, but I would recommend that you continue to um, reach out to our rent stabilization department. It sounds like you have the email address and the phone number. Um, as you stated, they are very good. So I, you know, I know if you're persistent, you know, you will get an answer to to that question. Um, and to our second um, speaker, um, are they in person or on Zoom? They will not be speaking after all. Speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well. Thank you. That concludes the public comments for this evening. Uh, moving on to item number seven, the manager's report. Uh, we have our special guest returning, uh, Rent Stabilization Supervisor Gloria Viles. Um, please give your report. Yeah, hi, good evening. Uh, chair, Vice Chair, uh, members of the Commission. Uh, tonight's uh, 
events. Obviously, tonight's um, appeals are two, D4769 and D4772. Um, for the look ahead, there will be, for our next uh, meeting of November, I'm sorry, December 14th, there will be two um, appeals heard, D4785 and D4794. That's my report for tonight. Thank you. Are there any questions for, yep. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, the question is not regarding the report, but what we heard from the um, public uh, uh, member, um, if, uh, the, if the staff could come back in the next meeting with some information um, regarding what was said uh, t today in the, in the comment, uh, in the public comments, I'd just like to know what's the What's the story there? If 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 this if the tenant lost the inclusionary unit, uh, was the tenant offered a replacement um, affordable unit, or what's the story behind that? If if staff could just brief us on uh, at the next meeting. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll have that for you. I just wanted to follow up on that and see if, if uh, staff had any recommendations. Uh, what I understood from public comment was that there is a suggestion that they're going to hear back from somebody else who they might be able to speak to who could answer their questions or who they should follow up with after feeling like they didn't get an answer. Uh, we currently have contract with House Keys, which is the organization that assists with leasing up units um, and getting tenants income qualified for these units. So uh, uh, we'll find out through our investig investigatory procedures exactly who they spoke to. Was it a representative from House Keys or was it a representative from our division? And we'll provide a full report. Thank you so much. If I could, there's discussion about a study session maybe in the future. Um, if we could maybe include a note about the issue that was um, spoken about and specifically as it relates to the loss of a um, low-income unit for, there's an, there's an owner, family, landlord, occupant exception that I know sometimes certain rental units can be taken off the market if they're occupied by the owner of the building or a very, very close family person. I think it'd be good maybe just to learn a little bit more about that area at our study session, and I suspect that might be something that's going on with the public comment speaker. So I'll just say that the issue that's brought up by the public commenter is an inclusionary housing issue. It's not a rent stabilization issue. So for the training purposes, if it's helpful to have a an understanding of the difference, but um, it's a, a unit that's governed by an affordable housing agreement. It's under a separate section of the municipal code. Um, so that's not generally something that's within the commission's jurisdiction since it's not rent stabilization, but as part of the training, if it's helpful, we can give any differentiations between the two if that's helpful. I appreciate that clarification. I'd still love to learn a little more about that area and there might be a jurisdictional issue here about rent stabilization and inclusionary housing, but we'll figure that out. Thank you. All right, thank you. Um, item number eight on the agenda are tonight's appeals. Um, as Ms. Avila said, we do have two appeals this evening. Uh, do we have a, for the first appeal this evening for D4769, do we have the landlord and tenant present? Yes, so the landlord is present via Zoom, and I'm just admitting them into the Zoom meeting now, and the tenants are present in person. 
Okay, thank you. Um, and so for the, the parties that will be presenting to the commission this evening, these rules will um, apply to both hearings, so listen up. Um, we'll first hear a staff report from our legal counsel, then the appellant uh, will speak first. Uh, in the first case, the appellant was the landlord, um, and so you'll have five minutes to give your oral argument. You can divide that time between presenting your case and a rebuttal, or you can take all the time. The tenant in the first case will be the second speaker. Uh, you will have five minutes, um, and you will have to take all of that at once. You can't save it or divide it. Um, and as pointers for everyone that will be speaking, make sure you say your name, uh, city of residence, uh, speak directly into the microphone so we can hear you, and it's also picked up for those that are watching at home. Um, stay on topic, um, especially to the items that are on appeal this evening. Uh, please don't get into sort of the outside issues um, or things like that, uh, because we won't be able to opine on those, uh, you know, anyways. Um, if you submitted new evidence, um, we'll have to decide if we are going to consider the new evidence. And so if you do want to speak about why we should consider the new evidence, you know, why it wasn't presented previously, we, I would use your time, your five minutes to, to speak about that. Um, legal counsel, uh, will you give your report, please? Uh, thank you, Chair, and good evening to Chair, Vice Chair, and Commissioners. Uh, my name is John Natalizio. I'm the legal counsel to the Rent Stabilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. Uh, this appeal results from a hearing examiner's decision, which in relevant part um, determined the following, a $20 rent reduction uh, due to popcorn ceiling falling into the unit, a $14 rent reduction due to a, due to a deterioration of the bathroom wall, no rent reduction for the bedroom wall as it was addressed in a prior decision, a $5 rent reduction for the deterioration of the bathroom hardware, a $10 rent reduction for improperly maintained vent hood piping, no rent reduction for the substandard door frame as it was addressed in a prior decision, no rent reduction for um, a loud noise from piping as it was addressed in a prior decision, an $8 rent reduction for the absence of appropriate floor insulation, and a $14 rent reduction for a loose access panel. Landlord submitted a timely appeal, which uh, claims the decision is not reasonably supported by the findings made or evidence in the record, and that the hearing examiner's determination constitutes an abuse of discretion. Specifically, landlord argues the following in the appeal, that for the failing popcorn ceiling, deteriorated bathroom wall, condition of the bedroom wall, and deteriorated bathroom hardware that the tenants were uncooperative in relocating and were agreeing to the scope of work and therefore intentionally interfered. Two, um, the improperly maintained vent hood piping is the tenant's responsibility um, for cleanliness. Three, that the substandard door frame was fixed as of June 2023. Four, that the landlord's representative has not identified the loud noises that were complained of. Five, that the absence of flooring insulation is not a change in services and the tenants um, will not re assume will not cooperate in relocating to install the new carpet. And six, that the access panel does not allow access to the unit and there has been no change to the tenant's housing services since the outset of the tenancy. Uh, due to the number of issues in this appeal, staff will defer to the analysis in the staff report. However, in summary, staff finds that the hearing examiner's decision should be affirmed with respect to all issues appealed, except for the finding um, of a substantial rent reduction of a housing service for the lack of floor insulation and the corresponding $8 rent decrease, which staff believes should be reversed. 
Therefore, staff remains adopting resolution RSC 23-638. You as the commission have the power, power to affirm, reverse, modify, or remand the appeal decision of the hearing examiner. The commission reviews the hearing examiner's decision under the, under the substantial evidence standard, which requires the commission to make sure there is substantial evidence that reasonably supports the hearing examiner's decision is credible and of solid value. If that evidence is found, then the decision must be upheld, even if there's also evidence that could support a different outcome. The commission does not substitute its judgment for that of the hearing examiner or reweigh the evidence. And as it relates to questions of law, the commission applies an independent or de novo standard of review. Thank you. Thank you. Any questions uh, from the commissioners to uh, legal counsel? I just have one. Um, in regards to the flooring, uh, if a tenant, it seems like, well, I'll ask the question. If the tenant moved into an apartment that, um, let's say, the code did require some sort of uh, floor insulation, and they moved into, signed a lease, and lived in a unit that failed in that area, um, would is that the base, is that one of the, would, would the tenant be eligible for a decrease in services? Because it seems like that was not entirely, but part of the basis for your reasoning for why they wouldn't, it was not a, because it was not a code violation. When you mean if the, sorry, what do you mean by if the um, residents were, like if, had the insulation? If there was, a, if there was a, a unit that did not have uh, floor insulation mm -hmm. um, and it was a code violation, but the tenant moved in, signed a lease, and nothing changed in terms of uh, the services they received. Uh, would and then they brought it to the hearing um, examiner's attention. Uh, would they be entitled to a rent decrease, even even if it were a code violation, simply on on those? Right. So you're saying if it wasn't a housing service, but for some reason, having floor insulation, um, or sorry, having a lack of floor insulation was a code violation then yes, it wouldn't matter that it wasn't, um, it didn't exist at the outset of the tenancy because it's a violation of, of the code, I guess, whatever, whatever code would, it would be, whether it's the municipal code or California health and safety code or, or whatever it is. But and so in that they, hypothetical, yes, I, I don't want to answer, I guess, a, a hypothetical if it's, eventually it's forced, but presumably in that situation, similar to what we've talked about here, if there is a code violation, it doesn't matter that, there wasn't a housing service at the outset of the tenancy because it's a code violation and under the RSO um, violations of um, any health and safety laws is a is deemed a violation of the RSO. And a, and a reduction in services. Correct. Thank you. Commissioner or Vice Chair Moore. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Um, question, uh, Mr. Natalizio. <clears throat> regarding the same flooring insulation, but from a different angle. Uh, the staff recommends to reverse this $8 rent reduction because uh, the, uh, there's, there's no documentation to support the, there's no evidence to substantiate the uh, findings of the examiner for the rent reduction. And, um, when I'm reading uh, finding of facts, section 21, item 21 on uh, page 47 of our packet, it says that the respondent, I 
which I assume that's the landlord, acknowledged the problem and indicated the issue would be repaired in the upcoming renovations of the unit. So if there was acknowledgement by the landlord that the problem exists, why, why do we need uh, documentation to substantiate that, that the service was reduced? Just want to understand that. Where are you looking in the decision? It's a finding of facts. At which number, sorry? It's number 20, number 21, page 22nd of the finding of facts, which is page 47 of our packet. I want to know if I'm looking at the correct, uh, if I understood correctly. I think 21 is relating to Insulation of the, the um, claim that the unit above them it's too loud and there's no insulation okay. between the units. That's not relating to the flooring. Not relating to the floor, okay. So and, the, and that ceiling issue wasn't appealed. I see, all right. Uh, item 28 um, addresses um, okay. the... Yeah, I, I got confused with that. So thank you for clarifying. Nothing further. All right, thank you. So are there any public comments? No public comments. Very wonderful. So the first appeal, uh, the landlord and 4769, uh, please come to, actually they're on Zoom. <laughs> and they've been admitted? Yes. All right, uh, can you hear me, uh, Natalie? Yes, yes right. I can. All right, wonderful. So you will have five minutes. Would you like to divide that time between presenting your case and a rebuttal or would you like to take it all? Um, I guess rebuttal, if, if possible, I guess in sections. Okay, and how do you want to divide it? Um, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, what are the options, I guess? <laughs> so you can do, you know, three and two, two and a half, two and a half, um, or because our secretary is amazing and she's going to be timing you, uh, you can talk until you're content, and then she can tell you how much time you have left for your rebuttal. Um, I mean, I guess like what I can go ahead and do is just take it all at once and just go from there. Alrighty, just state your name, city of residence, uh, and you can begin. Sure, my name is Natalie Bustitas, uh, and I live in currently in Pasadena. Um, while um, the landlord makes no attempts of denying the work that needed to be done, um, we are actually currently in the process of completing all of these items stated. The popcorn ceiling is falling, um, which is currently being remediated, if not already completed by our current vendor, um, ensuring that the hazardous materials have been safely removed. Um, for the bathroom wall is deteriorated. Um, the remediation of the bedroom wall is currently underway uh, while the vendor is completing the work. Um, we are currently under um, a complete impasse, uh, only due to uh, the resident um, being present while um, the vendor is trying to complete this. Um, so with the resident being there currently, uh, we are not able to move forward at this moment in time with the with these items, um, as far as the ba bathroom hardware is um, another item, um, it should be known that after the acceptance of the unit upon move-in, resident did not like the spec of the hardware, so we're currently in the process of getting these items um, accommodated. Um, as far as the vent hood piping not being properly maintained, we're not denying that that should be something that landlord is um, 
is an acceptance of that. Um, and we are currently underway of trying to address this um, potential issue with the vendor as well. Um, with the vendor completing the work, um, with the tenant being present, we, we so we're currently um, having a, an issue with the, with the tenant and I do apologize for that. Um, the resident has thwarted the landlord efforts in every step of the way currently as we're trying to get all of this processed. Um, just so you are aware, um, we, Sarah's asset management, management, we just took over this property from Mawson Company as of September 15th. So I do understand while all of this has been ongoing for, for months, uh, we, we are currently in the process of trying to get this remediated as soon as possible. Um, with the tenant, um, we have faced a number of challenges um, where the tenants have interfered with our hired vendors. A vendor that is completing the work will not complete the work with the residents present and the resident will not allow the work without being, uh, the resident will not allow the work without being them, without them being present. While it makes this virtually impossible to complete the work and asking to reconsider the rent reduction currently, um, as you can see, we are not denying the work should be done, but we are trapped trying to make these repairs in good faith with the tenants. Uh, we're currently in the pause um, as currently the tenants have refused landlord access until the tenant agrees to the scope and spec of the current demand. So again, um, we are trying to get all of this sorted out um, in good faith as well, and we're not denying that any of these should not be um, completed. Um, that's all I have at the moment. Okay, thank you. Um, stand by. Uh, we may have questions from the commission, um, and I, I do have um, a couple. What of the repairs? Which ones? You know, are the is, are you or the landlord? sort of saying can't be done with the tenants present? So right now, um, what we are trying to complete or what, what we are trying to complete at the moment in time, um, we're trying to remediate the bedroom wall. We already completed the bathroom walls. Um, we're, we also already completed the popcorn ceiling. Um, the vet hood piping is um, is also underway, and that's something that we removed. While we were removing those items, there were additional items that we need to be remediated at this time. However, with the um, hostile environment that we have encountered, unfortunately, we are unable to move forward with this process in time, um, as all work has been halted. Um, as far as the as far as the access panel, uh, that's something that we're also trying to get resolved during that time. Okay, I, I didn't. Um, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I guess uh, no, just no, to, to just to redirect. So, I, I still didn't hear which of the repairs you need the tenants out of the apartment for. Sure. Is it the so, flooring, the, the so loud right now, noise? Uh, the flooring has been lifted. So there's currently no flooring in the moment in time. So that's something that um, we are trying to complete. Um, we will be putting padding uh, to the new carpet and also new flooring for the bathrooms and both kitchens. Uh, there's also cabinetry. I'm not sure if this is part of that same hearing or if that's a different hearing. The cabinets aren't, aren't on appeal. It's not on this appeal, correct? Correct. Okay, so that's a different hearing. 
So there's multiple, I, I believe there's two hearings. Um, so we are trying to complete those items from both hearings. So is it the bathroom, so, is it the bathroom wall that you're saying to complete that you need the tenants out for? Well, for the tenants are already out of their apartment. There's no personal items in that current apartment. However, they are stopping by every single day and it's making it difficult for our current vendors to continue any work there as it is a little hostile. Okay, I understand. Um, I think I saw another question from a commissioner. Sure. Commissioner Kirby's. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Um, sure. And my question does uh, kind of fall along the same lines. So uh, I'll start with my question I was going to ask before hearing you speak right now, but my question was going to be, the hearing examiner uh, determined that, uh, uh, ruled against you that, uh, that the tenants were not, um, uh, did not need to be moved, moved out of the apartment to, to fix these repairs. And then the staff uh, review of this item also agreed with the hearing examiner that there's no need for the, the tenants to be moved out to do these repairs. So my, my initial question was going to be, why do you still argue that the tenants need to be out to, to make these repairs? Of course, okay. So for that, um, by remaining in the unit, the residents would have been exposed to environmental hazards due to the presence of asbestos containing materials, um, which was uh, because due to the age of this building, there is no asbestos in this unit and um, throughout the community. Asbestos, as you may know, is a hazardous material known to cause severe health problems with the presence of asbestos in their living environment poses significant risk to their health and safety. So is that the reason why the, you're not proceeding? No, we already completed that portion. So that's already completed. So um, right now the tenants are moved out of their current apartment. So that portion is completed. Okay. So why isn't the repair, why aren't the repairs being done? You've mentioned that the hostility. Correct. So um, uh, several days ago, um, we were in there completing another item from the other appeal from the written examiners. Um, with that, they, the tenants are coming in on a daily basis, checking um, the progress of the, of the items. And with that, they did, um, they, the residents did not, um, Let me they in, did not okay. agree with the current scope that's currently in there. And with that, uh, they did get into com confrontational with the current vendor. So with that, the vendors and the tenants are not seeing eye to eye and the work cannot be. So what I heard you say earlier, and I think you just reconfirmed it, is the, the your contractor that you've hired to do this work has de decided that they will not do this work if the tenants are present. That is correct. It's not necessarily yes. your decision, but that's the, your, your contractors. So can you choose a different contractor? The other contractor that was going to be completing this original scope, they're the ones that backed out. I, uh, during this time, I was able to find a second contractor, which they agreed to 
start the work in which they have. However, the work has halted because of this incident. Thank you. And Chair and Commission, I just want to remind you that the while may be potentially germane, these are all events that happened after the both the hearing and the issuance of the decision. Um, I believe that the this property manager said they took over in September, which again is after the issuance of the decision and the events they're talking about are recent. Um, so to the extent that this is new evidence or new facts coming in, I just want to make sure I you know, remind everybody that this is something to be wary of in your deliberations. Commissioner Rory. Just to clarify that the tenant is being housed in another unit in the building. Is that my understanding correct there? Sorry, is that a question for yeah, me? Yeah, that's for the um, Sorry, I, I didn't apologize. Um, yes, so right now the tenants are actually um, housing on their own. We are providing them a daily credit at this time. Their personal items from apartment 101 are being stored in apartment 206 at this time. And their, their items are being stored and they're being allowed to live in another apartment. Is that correct? No. Right now they are currently living outside of a community of their own choosing where they I'm not sure exactly where, as okay. they did not disclose that. However, we are providing them with a daily credit onto their current apartment for them to be housed elsewhere. Okay. And their property is being allowed to be used in a, another unit in the no, building? Correct. It's currently in the vacant apartment in our community. Okay. And then this is just more for the chair. In light of the um, staff attorney's comments, I, the, the there was more detail to the landlord's comment to the committee that I would be Commissioner in. Rory, please speak into your mic. Oh, sorry. There, there was more detail to the landlord's comment um, that was submitted. I know it's all after, but I think it's kind of germane, and I'd be interested in asking a little bit more about that, but only if you're okay with getting into that. You know, we asked at the last meeting about looking into the kind of landlord comment and I said no because I thought that was all stuff that could have been brought up before. This is all after stuff but I I, I don't know if we're going to get into that but I, I do feel like that's kind of germane to what we're going to have to deliberate on. Are you referring to additional documents that, that they submitted or what they've testified to tonight? They've alluded to it in the testimony but there was more detail in the email. So that so it's the email that you want us to be able to to. Well, I wanted to ask a little bit more about that because I understood there was a police involvement with one of the vendors. If the if the if that's correct, and the landlord can verify that this wasn't just you know a confrontation with the vendor. The vendor actually filed a police report. If that's correct. That is correct. Yes. But what's the relevance to the items that we're discussing tonight? Because, because tenant interference, I, I think, is a grounds for not continuing the rent reduction. And some of the stuff that got introduced was pretty amazing from, from my point of view. So I wanted to deliberate about that and have that be discussed if that's possible. 
Got it. Before I answer your question, let me ask a question, and I think it may sort of help us to, to decide. Um, so in a situation where there's been sort of these actions that have happened after the decision, um, where the, you know, there's sort of this claim of tenant interference, um, you know, had that been sort of considered by the hearing officer, there was testimony, but had it sort of this extent been considered, you know, the hearing officer would could have considered whether their, the tenant interference was the reason why, you know, the uh, reduction shouldn't occur. But here, since it's happened after that decision, um, is there a process for, for the landlord that's sort of akin to or similar to, you know, them stating that they're in compliance, you know, stating that they tried to make the, you know, the improvements they weren't able to, and that sort of they're, they're not complying, but they can't comply, and so that is sort of the end of it? Yeah, and there's two things. So one, I'll answer your question directly. So yes, one option would be if the commission went forward with staff's recommendation tonight, the hearing examiner, sorry, the landlord could file a compliance determination, and, and same thing as with a um, rent decrease application, they can submit all of the evidence of them trying to make the repairs or make the um, restoration of the housing service, um, and making the argument that because it's been intentional inference by the tenants that they've complied or should be excused from complying with the order, um, and that just goes through the traditional um, compliance determination route, so then the tenants would have an opportunity to object to that, and then ultimately there's a hearing that would be held, um, and the parties could then submit evidence on that compliance determination. Then, an, it, then a, or a, sorry, a decision is then issued by the hearing examiner on that compliance determination, and then that can be appealed to the commission as well. Um, so there is a route for landlord to take um, that's the answer to your question. And then I did just want to broadly caution that this is very, this scenario is very different than perhaps the last um, meeting where these are all facts that have happened way after the decision was issued, after the hearing. The concern is that, especially when you're getting into situations where evidence is being submitted and it's talking about police reports and it's going to be disputed by the tenants it turns into a de novo hearing, which is not what this is. Um, there is a process under the regulations for the commission to hold a de novo hearing. I would never advise that. I would say that to the extent the commission finds that this information's germane um, and necessary to resolve this, a remand would probably be more appropriate to let the hearing examiner sort this out rather than um, doing a de novo hearing, which requires a whole set of um, like extra steps. But with what is being potentially talked about and introduced by both you know, the landlord and I would imagine rebuttal on tenants, you get into issues of whether or not is this essentially creating an, a new hearing that neither party has had an opportunity to be able to address um, and provide you know, their own evidence to support and rebut. And so I would say if the commission does want this to be considered, that probably uh, a remand would be a better solution. And so to address Commissioner Rory, I would say that any um, events that happened prior to the hearing officer's decision that weren't in evidence that the landlord may be asking us to consider, you know, that would be for us to decide if, it's, if we should consider it. But if it's new incidents and new sort of occurrences since that hearing, I would say it's probably Either the, 
it going back to the hearing officer on remand, or the landlord can apply to the uh, rent stabilization department for the substantial compliance, um, noting that there's been, you know, the, the tenant interference. Uh, does that make sense? Okay, perfect. And Vice Chair Moore? Um, I just wanted to clarify something that I think that you said um, in your earlier testimony. Did you say that you are currently um, replacing the flooring but not putting a pad down underneath the carpet? Um, no, so we are putting, so we are replacing the carpet. There will be padding underneath that carpet. Um, I think that's pretty standard from, from today's um, items from, from what we do. Um, that's just standard, just to put padding underneath the carpet. Okay, thank you. All right, any additional commissioner questions? All right, thank you, Natalie. Um, how much time does she have left if she does want to do a rebuttal? One minute and 45 seconds. All right, so you, you can, if you want to, after the tenant speak, use that minute and, and some change. Um, right now, I'll ask for the tenants to come to the podium. Uh, you'll have five minutes to divide amongst yourselves however you see fit, uh, or one of you all can take it. Just please state your name, city of residence, and speak into the microphone so we can hear you. Hi, my name is Yunus Putakmani. I live at 8300 Delong Avenue, apartment 101, uh, California. And I'll likely be reading um, my scattered thoughts, if that's okay. I have, my, I have five minutes, is that correct? Correct. And it is recorded and you guys will um, communicate about it after the hearing. So I might speak a little fast to get through it. Okay, and we'll, we'll deliberate in the hearing and we'll make a decision tonight. So oh, just Yes, yeah, so just stick around after uh, okay. the landlord speaks, we'll deliberate and then we'll make a decision tonight. You got it, all right. So since new ownership, the building has been severely neglected. This was two and a half years ago, prior to Cirrus's taking over management on, uh, in, uh, on September 15th of this year. We had Moss, the company that filed this appeal. The landlord has been deliberately abusing us to force us to vacate our rent-controlled leases. They have been renovating the vacant units extensively while categorically neglecting ours. They have completely ignored our maintenance requests, including floods, plumbing requests, emergency requests, electrical issues, and standard wear and tear. Sirius has only taken over six weeks ago and has profusely apologized about Moss's neglect and promised that things would actually improve, which unfortunately they have not. We lived without a resident manager for a year and a half. Our maintenance requests, as I said, have been ignored. We suffered nine floods and leaks in our apartment alone, intrusions from burst old rusted pipes, cracks in the exterior walls and flooring, not to mention the breach of the covenant of quiet enjoyment and currently the wrongful eviction. There was no unit available for us to move our belongings into as landlords, as Natalie just verified, have always insisted that we vacate our unit for them to do the work. Now a unit has become available because Moss's previous resident manager that had lived there has vacated when Moss left mid-September, so our belongings were housed there in October. As soon as Sirius was able to accommodate this remediation and renovation as ordered by the city examiner, we absolutely co cooperated immediately. 
This is a month ago. The altercation in question happened on November 1st, only last week. They had already been working for three weeks, but the only thing they accomplished was to vandalize my unit, to vandalize my personal property, as I had spent 15,000 in 2018 to upgrade my unit as per the estopel that I provided to the management company during the escrow process of the sale of the building. I have personal property, personal belongings in that unit, including hardware, including light fixtures, including shower glass doors. I have provided the full list to both management companies. When we walked in to inspect, as we are entitled to, as we are still being charged rent, we have noticed that my chandelier was ripped from the ceiling, th thrown to the ground, my glass shower and bathtub doors have been damaged, all of the hardware has been taken off and misplaced and or stolen. When the one single handyman that was there, there's no licensed contractor, there's no supervisor, was deliberately continuing his work even though we walked in politely, we knocked, we entered, we greeted him. He was instructed by Austin Monroe, uh, Natalie's staff, not to speak to us, so he turned back around and continued to saw nails. One of the nails hit my arm. We asked him to stop. I had to unplug his saw because he would not stop. We asked him to leave. We immediately called Austin. We immediately called Natalie. Nobody responded. They have been ignoring our emails for the past week. They have not addressed this issue or any other issue. They have halted the work. We are following up with them daily for them to continue. Um, we have also gone to the sheriff's department as well as the city and have been instructed to file a 30-day notice to perform to the landlord because it has been a year and a half since the initial hearing decision and has been several months since the second hearing decision. So we filed a 30-day notice which will actually expire at the end of this month. If the work has not been done and if it hasn't been done up to standard and up to code, then we will have to hire outside crew to finish the work and then follow the West Hollywood um, city guidelines on that process. The common areas have not been completed. The apartment has only been demoed and vandalized. No work really has been completed whatsoever. And we have been forced to relocate a month ago and gaslit into oblivion. We have proven all of these issues during both city hearings and investigators even were sent by the city to our unit to prove our case. The landlord's request was therefore denied, the appeal, and in addition to that, there were a no-show during the uh, initial hearing to prove that the work that they claimed to have been done had actually been done, which it wasn't. Um, we are not there, we're not present, we don't live in the building, it's been a month. We go during our lunch break from work and just check on the process and on the progress and always have emailed them to ask them to please be careful about my personal belongings and for us to please collaborate and cooperate. Thank you, that's time. All right, thank you. Uh, uh, you yeah, come back. Uh, we, the commission may have questions for you. Okay. Commissioner Kirby's. Yeah, thank you. Um, so tonight, this evening, uh, here in front of us, I didn't hear you talk a lot about um, uh, the specifics of tonight's case, so I wanna ask you, uh, the landlord is appealing this case on the the, the nine grounds, uh, basically all the rent decreases you received, um, is denying or is asking for us to deny all of those. Uh, staff 
is recommending that we uphold all of them except for the uh, number eight, which is the $8 um, absence of appropriate flooring installation. Do you want us to uh, uphold the hearing examiner's decision and award you all of these uh, rent decreases? Do you disagree or agree with staff on the $8 um, uh, uh, for the flooring? Uh, could you, in maybe two sentences, tell me? That. <laughs> um, I would like for you to uphold the rent uh, decrease examiner's decision um, based on the fact that we have proven that nothing was done to the hearing examiner and the landlord was a no-show and failed to prove that anything was done. And uh, to address the $8 um, recommendation by staff, I feel that that should also be upheld because we live on the ground floor. Um, we're directly over concrete, and it is my understanding that code requires underlayment, and we do not have any underlayment or temperature padding. Therefore, the city hearing examiner required that to be done and gave the credits, and um, we hope that that will be done during their scope of work. Thank you. Thank you. All right, thank you. Um, yeah, you can take your seat now. We will have, we'll see if Natalie wants to uh, finish her time and then the, the commission will deliberate. Natalie, did you want to use your minute and 43 seconds? Um, yes. Um, as far as, um, so in regards to the door frame, which was addressed in prior decision, that's something that was, that's the, what we are agreeing for the no reduction awarded at this time, correct? Could you repeat that? All right. So as far as the door frame that was addressed, is that something that's in part of this hearing that for the rent reduction? The hearing officer and staff uh, mentioned that the door frame was a part of uh, the prior D4709. So no. Okay. Understood. Um, but as far as everything that's currently undergoing, I mean, we would like for... Um, Currently in this time, um, we are working with the attorney in regards to this violation, but we're asking for the rent reduction to be reconsidered or to place on hold during, only because we are trying to get this resolved as soon as possible. Again, this is something um, the tenants, I again, the tenants should not be entering this apartment while there's work being done as there's no personal belongings in their unit while the, all their personal belongings are currently in the apartment 206. So they have no reason to be entering into this apartment during this time and halting work. Okay. Um, so again, we are asking just for the rent reduction to be reconsidered or placed on hold during this time while we are trying to complete these items. Thank you. Are there any questions for the landlord from the commission? Okay, thank you. We'll, be, we'll place you back on mute and the commission will deliberate and then make a decision and vote uh, tonight. Uh, Commissioner, oh, legal counsel? Yeah, uh, I had a question for the legal counsel. Thank you, Chair. Miss <laughs> um, Natalie, so I'm gonna go back to my question I asked initially <laughs> regarding the full on installation and you kindly pointed out to the item number 28 of uh, findings of facts, which contains the same language uh, stating that respondent acknowledged the problem and indicated that issue would be repaired. So my, 
my, co my comment or question is that if there is acknowledgement by the landlord that the problem exists, why we're denying uh, or why we're reversing the decision on the rent reduction for $8 uh, based, uh, based on um, no uh, documentation provided to substantiate the, uh, uh, the, the decision? So the, the issue here with the flooring is landlord acknowledging that there isn't um, temperature insulation in the unit is different than saying it's either one, a housing service that was previously provided or two, a code violation. Um, so that there isn't temperature insulation on the floor, um, the staff's position that it does not violate any sort of code, whether it's the um, municipal code or any health and safety code. Um, and there wasn't evidence in the record demonstrating that there was previously temperature insulation in the flooring, which would then create the housing service. Um, so it was staff's position that it doesn't meet the definition of a housing service and it's not a code violation. And so there isn't substantial evidence in the record to support that a rent decrease is warranted for a lack of having temperature insulation in the floor. So the, the, the recommendation to reverse, uh, basically to deny the $8 is not because of the absence of any documentation, it's just because staff believes it's not a service. Well, the, well not entirely, there's two positions. There's the hearing examiner doesn't identify that for, let's talk about housing service. So the hearing examiner hasn't identified that flooring insulation has existed in the unit prior to the initiation of the tenancy. So on that basis, it doesn't meet the definition of a housing service because this temperature insulation has never existed in the unit. That's the first part. So there isn't, staff believes there isn't evidence in the record to support that decision. Second, staff hasn't found that the temperature insulation is a code violation for purposes of violating the RSO. So in that scenario, um, even if it wasn't a housing service, we also don't find that it's a code violation. And so on those two bases, we believe that the hearing examiner erred and that there isn't substantial, in the, substantial evidence in the record to support that determination. Thank you. Along the same lines, um, so going back to the installation, because that's the one that I'm struggling with um, the most as well. So the hearing examiner, as uh, Commissioner Topchin pointed out, in 21, you know, discusses the, the insulation between the tenants' apartment and their neighbors above them, says that that's a housing service, you know, for, you know, providing sound insulation, and use a similar sort of analysis for the temperature regulation. Um, and I know the, actually, so that one is before, so, so 21 is pretty much before us because it, it's addressing the popcorn ceilings. Um, and so I guess why are those two items viewed differently if they're both, you know, a insulation? I believe for the popcorn ceiling, the hearing examiner found in the decision that the rent reduction was based upon the falling ceiling and not the insulation. So give me a second.
While our legal counsel's looking that up, I just want to disclose for the record before we get into any deliberation that uh, one of the witnesses mentioned in the hearing examiner's decision, Mr. King, is a professional uh, acquaintance of mine. We probably are connected on social media, but I don't think I've talked to him in a couple of years, so uh, there is absolutely no uh, bias on my part. I could make a fair decision on this, but I wanted to disclose that I do know Mr. King. Sorry, Chair, so I'm looking at page 38 of the PDF um, where it's talking about the actual analysis for the repair of the popcorn ceiling, and then in parentheses it says falling off health hazard, no sound insulation. Um, and the analysis essentially is saying that the tenants did not successfully establish by preponderance of the evidence that the sound or noise from the upstairs unit is a result of the landlord's failure to perform minimum maintenance or that housing service was discontinued or substantially eliminated. So that's referring to the claim of lack of insulation. Then uh, the hearing examiner goes on to say, however, there was sufficient evidence to establish that a rent reduction in housing service with regards to the falling ceiling, and as a result, a $20 rent reduction, or sorry, a $20 reduction is warranted. So I think the distinguishing thing here for the ceiling was that the ceiling was falling and not that there was a lack of insulation in the in the actual ceiling itself. Okay, because in the in the findings of, in fact, um, item 21 that was pointed out, they, they talk about it as more of a sound insulation. And that was on page 47. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I think that that it's either a, just a general statement um, or it's a inconsistency in the decision. But I think if you look at page 50, which is the actual order in which to restore the rent. Um, so it says, in order to have the rent reduction restored to the pre-hearing levels, the landlord is required to do the following. And A is the landlord shall repair units popcorn ceiling such that material from the ceiling does not fall. So it doesn't say that they also have to install like insulation in the ceiling. So I, I think the focus, even though I, I do agree that 21 is different than the actual analysis, but looking at the decision, um, I think that the focus for the ceiling is, is based upon the ceiling falling into the unit and not a lack of insulation. If the commission agrees, disagrees, I mean, that's, that's your prerogative, but that's, that's my interpretation. Chair, is there, a, is there possibly a confusion of what when they're referring to popcorn, like I sometimes I think of the popcorn as like insulation material, and some, but I think in this case they're talking about the popcorn that's just like simply the that speckled stuff on your ceiling that falls on occasion. So does that change your? your well, I think the one of the uses for the popcorn ceiling was sort of like an insulating. Um, okay. Thing. I so. I, yeah, it doesn't sound like there's any confusion then. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Alrighty. Uh, do you want to kick off the deliberation? Oh, question, go for it. Yeah, just to go back so that maybe we can separate this from our, our, our deliberation, or at least in our minds we can um, satisfy it in some way. You spoke earlier about um, uh, when we were kind of going down the road of uh, why they couldn't 
uh, allow access and, and the, the police report and all that stuff, and you talked about de novo hearing. I'm not suggesting that, but that, that basically you gave two routes. One was um, currently today the, he, the landlord could go file their, their um, compliance, um, I don't remember the determination. determination, and explain why they're unable to comply with the order, and they would have a hearing and decide it that way. Uh, in that case, the hearing examiner uh, has the authority to uh, end the or stop the um, stop the the rent decreases from that from the date of the filing of the of the uh, determination or, or the compliance determination, but only to that date. Is that correct? You're asking when would be the effective date of the compliance determination if the landlord filed it. Yes. It, it wouldn't be the date that they applied for the com compliance determination because what ends up happening is the staff receives the compliance determination and then we send out a notification to the tenants indicating to them, your landlord has uh, given us documentation that they've complied, substantially complied with this process and this is the evidence that they provided. So in this case they would say, you know, tenant intervention, we haven't been able to do the work, and so it gives the tenants an opportunity to respond to the compliance determination, and then the hearing examiner or staff member could then make a determination of whether they will restore the rent or whether their deduction still lies. So it, it doesn't question, happen. Yeah, my question basically is, so in that scenario, what is the best case scenario for the landlord under those circumstances in terms of the date that the, 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 the rent would be restored? So it really depends on when, when, it, when the application is submitted and how long it takes for the tenants to respond. Because I think there's only a 10-day period between the time that they send back the, the tenants um, the documentation that the landlord submitted. So if they submit this in the beginning of the month and by the middle of the month we get response from the tenants, if the rent is restored, it would be restored on the first of the next month. Uh, but I'm talking about when it goes to a hearing examiner. So what the authority, um, the, the, the hearing examiner would examine all of that information and determine a date when the date was, would, would be restored. Um, and I'm trying to figure out the best case scenario for the landlord in that scenario. To, to submit their compliance determination at the beginning of the month so that they sort of have a guarantee that by the beginning of next month, there's a full restoration of those items. Okay, and then so the, my second question to that is, so if the landlord, if we were to remand this back and say, um, hearing examiner take into consideration all of this new information, uh, what would be the best case scenario? That in, in that situation, it's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, the hearing examiner would then have the authority to review the entire case ahead of, in front of them, it would basically, uh, if they chose to basically void out any decision they've made so far um, or change it, modify it um, to where they could uh, theoretically remove the, uh, the, the um, rent reduction entirely from clear to the date that it's currently implemented. Is that right, Ms. Magnosio? <laughs> I was looking for the answer to the effective date of the compliance determination to, um, so, to get you the answer. So 
in that scenario, we know that there will be a date. The first scenario, we know that there will be a date that yeah. the, 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 the hearing examiner is not going to be able to go back to the beginning of this case. There's going to be a date from whether it's, whether it's the compliance was filed or whether it was staff determination or whether it was the 10 days after. There's a set date, and it's going to be within the next, you know, within that 30, 45-day period. My question is, the alternative for the landlord, uh, or if we were to have done, or we were to take the second uh, route and option and remand the whole entire case and ask the, the hearing examiner to review all of this evidence that we're talking about and all of the arguments going back and forth between the landlord and the tenant, <coughs> we're essentially not approving, we're, the, the, the hearing examiner still has the authority to basically reach back into the decision they've already made and make any changes they want. Um, uh, and potentially, if they felt it was necessary, uh, remove their decision completely of any rent decrease. So on a remand, the hearing examiner would be limited to the scope of remand ordered by the commission. So it would be based upon your, you being the commission, your specific orders to the hearing examiner. But if we were returning it to the hearing examiner for those purposes of whether there was uh, resistance from the tenants to allow the landlord to do the work, um, which is probably the only reason I think that we would return it um, at this point, uh, that would apply, or the hearing examiner could, could, under those terms, go back as far as they... Right. I think practically, if the remand order was to consider whether um, tenants have intentionally interfered with the landlord's actions in a manner that violates the RSO and therefore would absolve the, hear the landlord from complying with their duties under the RSO, I think practically, as the commission, you would have to allow the hearing examiner to look at everything, and it would, at least for the specific issues that are being addressed by landlord for um, the specific uh, issues um, that they're saying that tenants are interfering with. But yeah, I think practically it would open everything back up that is being remanded. I'm not advocating that. I'm just asking the questions for clarification. And would you like to kick us off for deliberations? Sure. I actually am um, uh, I'm disturbed by what we've heard about the uh, conflicts between the landlord. Uh, mainly, sounds like primarily the previous landlord and the contractors and the tenants, not so much um, uh, Ms. Bastidas and the current um, management company. But regardless, that's not really in front of us this evening. Um, I actually agree with staff's decision, uh, staff's recommendation. I think that the hearing examiner uh, uh, was correct on all issues except for the flooring. Um, I, uh, as, this, as the evidence shows that there was no padding underneath the, or no insulation underneath the carpet prior to, it's not a violation of the code, so there should be no rent decrease because it's not a decrease in services. Um, so I would actually be um, interested to hear what everyone else has to say, but I, I'm inclined to support staff's recommendation to affirm and, um, and uh, um, whatever the word is where we disagree with the uh, <laughs> reverse. <laughs> reverse, thank you, <laughs> and reverse on the, on the flooring. Right, any volunteers? Thank you, Chair. Um, well, after tonight's, tonight's discussion and um, 
hearing the testimonies from both parties and um, uh, uh, the clarification from the legal counsel, which helped me a lot because I was a little bit troubling with the um, uh, flooring insulation uh, item. But it's clear to me, um, since this was this this isn't the code violation. It was the installation is, is not was not there um, at the time the uh, tenants rented the unit. I believe in August of 20, 2008. So this cannot be considered a housing service uh, under the uh, provisions of the rent stabilization ordinance. So therefore. Um, I'm fine with that part being reversed. So um, uh, I will support the staff's recommendation um, to, affir to affirm in part and reverse in part the findings of the examiner. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you. Yes, I am going to agree with my fellow commissioners that have spoken so far. Um, I am very disturbed by what I've heard, um, and I'm gonna say this professionally and as nicely as possible to the tenants that are here tonight, but what you have described is not acceptable if I was the attorney for your landlord. Um, I've been an attorney for 10 years now. It's probably one of the most inappropriate things I've heard to go pull someone's equipment out of the wall and those type of things. I know it's very difficult to have this work done. I'm a tenant myself, I've gone through this process, but at a certain point, you have to let the work get done and then resolve it. You've asked them to do it, they have to get it done. If they've broken things, that can be resolved. I understand it's very stressful, it's your home, but uh, this is probably one of the worst things I've heard in the five years I've been here. So I'm gonna affirm the hearing examiner's decision. Try to keep it brief because I don't have much to add. I, I, I'm in agreement. Um, I, the events that have happened have happened since the hearing examiner's decision, so uh, I don't think that they're appropriate here, and they can be easily adjudicated through a process that already exists through a compliance determination hearing, um, and, and I think that's the appropriate avenue to take these issues. Um, I, I am. I'm troubled that it's taking three or four weeks a month to make these sorts of repairs, uh, and I would be very frustrated with that. So uh, I would be interested in, if this ever comes before us, seeing, seeing how, why that's the case. But as far as the flooring, uh, because of the age of the building, it, it, if it was a code violation now, it might not have been a code violation when it was built, which meant it was grandfathered, and that would be an issue that we couldn't decide here, none of us are experts in that regard. So I would suggest that uh, that if the tenants do feel that that's a, a code violation not to have the insulation there, that uh, the code enforcement team at the city is, is very good and that they could uh, help adjudicate whether that was the case or not and um, then you can determine how to move forward with that. But uh, with that said, I support staff's recommendation in full. Thank you, uh, Vice Chair Moore. Um, I agree with my colleagues, and um, I'll, I'll go with staff's recommendation as well. And Commissioner Rory. I would have vote to uh, affirm on all the substantive issues. Um, I agree that the flooring is not a loss of a previously provided service, and um, all the individual items I'm comfortable with affirming. I think 
for me, when I was reading the appeal, um, the first time I was, I was tipped off of the interference issue, at least prior to the um, hearing examiner. I think there was evidence in the record about potential interference, and I looked at that and I was like, hmm, probably not enough to really find interference. Um, and then the more recent testimony tonight was a lot more troubling. And so I guess I'd be fine with affirming, but I hope that the landlord um, looks into whatever remedies they might have on the compliance determination if there's an avenue there. And for the tenants, I would just say, um, you know, I, 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 I immediately was sympathetic to the frustration you felt because this has been years of a building for you guys and then now hearing tonight you personally invested your time and money into the unit and now it made a lot more sense why you'd be go you'd want to go in there and 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 see what's going on but i think that you have to be really careful about that and i'm i was really sensitive tonight about the landlord's issues about that so um i'm fine with affirming but you know the landlord's going to have their compliance determination rights if they want to. So please be careful going forward and let this work complete itself as best you can and hopefully you get back in there and you know each side can kind of take a little pause here and, and let, let the new management have an opportunity to you know show what they can do and, and, and I know you guys are still gonna be in the unit and hopefully for a long time to come, so. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so for all of the um, issues outside of the insulation, um, I agree with staff's decision. Um, you know, there's certainly some testimony regarding repairs that have already been done. And so as my colleagues have stated, I think, you know, it would be in the landlord's probably best interest to apply for the compliance determination uh, as soon as possible on the work that's already been completed. Um, so that way the potential, potentially the reduction is, is removed and you're able to, you know, have more money to go towards the repairs. Um, the, in reading the hearing officer's determination, you know, as they discussed the popcorn ceiling and there's, you know, discussion about it being potentially asbestos, there's discussion about it being also for insulation. And so for me, you know, when I see that there is no flooring insulation, I certainly, you know, can relate, you know, to why that would be, why that would make the temperature in the apartment colder, et cetera. And so on that, you know, I, I see why the tenants would want that to be done. Um, however, I do see the I guess sort of the distinction between the popcorn ceiling, whether it's for the asbestos or for the insulation, is that it already existed and it's deteriorating and that's, you know, causing there to be no insulation uh, for sound. Um, and also it's kind of gross. So I, I, I sort of, I, I see that, you know, why the popcorn is sort of different than the flooring because the flooring insulation didn't previously exist. Um, and so, you know, on that point, I do, agree with staff um, regarding that um, reduction. And also it sounds like with the new flooring that the, um, that the landlord's putting in, it will have a pad and it will have that insulation. Um, and so that sort of do does away with that. Um, I think sort of regarding that not being some sort of code violation, not germane to this point, but I think that that, you know, feels kind of rough. Um, 
for the two months of summer, or winter that we do have, it does seem like you would want insulation for flooring, et cetera. But with that said, I will, um, I am in agreement with the staff's recommendation sort of based on that. And so if there, I would entertain a motion if there is regarding resolution 23638 from commission. Yes, I will make a resolution to adopt resolution, make a motion to adopt resolution RSC number 23-638, which is a resolution of the Rent Stabilization Commission of the City of West Hollywood, affirming in part and reversing in part the hearing examiner's decision as to application number D-4769. Is there a second? I'll second it. We have a motion and a second. Madam Secretary, roll call please. Commissioner Bass. Aye. Commissioner Kirpies. Aye. Commissioner Martz? Aye. Commissioner Rory? Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. Uh, motion passes. Uh, if the parties have any further questions, you can reach out to the Rent Stabilization Division at 323-848-6450 or via email or go online and schedule um, an appointment. And... Oh, yeah, um, and so with that, before we hear tonight's second appeal, um, parties, please stand by. We will take a brief seven-minute um, break. Thank you.
All right, we are back in session. The next appeal this evening is D4772. The landlord appealed. Uh, are the parties this evening present? Yes, both parties are present in chambers. All right, wonderful. Um, if you will recall the rules that we gave at the beginning, uh, please stay on point to the issues that are being appealed. The landlord will have five minutes. When you come up to speak, just let us know how you want to divide that time, if at all. The tenant will have five minutes. That you know, There's no division for that one. So if the landlord will please come to the podium, uh, state your name, uh, city of residence, and your preferred pronouns or how you want us to address you, you can begin. Chair. Thank you so much for the reminder. And to the landlord, I do apologize. If you'll take your seat for one moment, uh, the uh, legal counsel still needs to give the, uh, the, stat, the report. So uh, thank you. All right. Thank you, Chair. And Good evening again, Chair, Vice Chair, Commissioners. Um, my name is John Adelizio. I'm the legal counsel to the Rent Civilization Commission for the City of West Hollywood. Um, so this appeal hearing results from a hearing examiner's decision, uh, which in relevant part determined um, the maximum allowable rent and overcharges. Um, and the hearing examiner determined the following, that the base rent for the unit is $1,512.50, that the current MAR for the unit or at least at the time of the application and the hearing, um, was $1,557.88, and that landlord has retained excess rent in the amount of $3,580.90. Uh, landlord submitted the appeal, and the appeal claims that the decision is clearly in error, um, and specifically landlord is arguing that tenant failed to pay all scheduled rent on time, which violated the lease agreement and terminated the move-in special or rent concession. Um, thus, the actual rent demanded during the first year was actually $1,650. Um, as it relates to the MAR, staff finds that the hearing examiner correctly determined that the base rent and the initial MAR for the unit was $1,512.50. Staff finds that the hearing examiner correctly calculated the current MAR by applying the permissible annual general adjustment of 3% to that um, base rent and finding that the MAR is currently $1,557.88. As it relates to the calculation of overpayments, staff finds that the hearing examiner correctly uh, took the calculated MARs and applied it against the amounts um, charged and paid by tenant. And staff finds that the overpayment calculated in the amount of $3,580.90 is accurate. Therefore, staff recommends adopting resolution RSC 23-637 you as the commission have the power to affirm, reverse, modify, or remand the appeal decision of the hearing examiner. The commission reviews the hearing examiner's decision under the substantial evidence standard, which requires the commission to make sure that there's substantial evidence that reasonably supports the hearing examiner's decision is credible and of solid value. If that evidence is found, then the decision must also be upheld, even if there's also evidence that could support a different outcome. The commission does not substitute its judgment for that of the hearing examiner or reweigh the evidence. And as it relates to questions of law, the commission applies an independent or de novo standard of review. Thank you. All right, are there any questions for yep, Commissioner um, Topchin? Thank you, Chair. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Ms. Natalizio, so 
I know we had these similar cases in the past uh, when we had to determine the MAR, the maximum allowable rent, uh, based on the actual um, proof of payment uh, that received or collected by the uh, landlord. Uh, but for this, for this case, and I'm, I'm reading the actual language, which I believe it's the actual language of the ordinance, uh, in your analysis on page four, which reads um, that in order to determine the monthly rental rate actually demanded, received, or collected when recording the initial rental rate, the RSO shall consider any discounts or moving concessions by calculating the total amount actually intended to be collected, etc. So my my confusion with the word actually intended to be collected. So in, I remember in the previous, in the past, in the cases we had, uh, we, we ruled based on the actual payment when we didn't, I believe, have any other documentation that would show the intent, the landlord's intent to collect the different rate. So, but for, for this particular case, and maybe I'm, um, not clear on this or not, or I missed something or not understanding anything, uh, a specific uh, point, maybe you can clarify that. Here we have sufficient documents that would show uh, the, the rent was actually intended to be collected in the sum of $1,650, uh, which is evidenced by the uh, residential lease agreement, and the proof of payments and statements, and I, I'm not sure what was uh, reported by the owner in the re-registration form. I don't believe we have it in the packet, but if the re-registration form also included $1,650, wouldn't that be the owner's intent to collect uh, $1,650, but he gave the uh, concession to collect a lesser amount? So. If you could just, you know, help me to understand. Um, thank you. Yes, uh, staff's position at least is that in reading that section, and you know, particularly if you look at the evidence in the record, the amount charged to tenant was the um, fifteen thousand, or sorry, one thousand five hundred um, and fifteen dollars um, that they have on the ledger, the sixteen fifty. Um, I mean, I, that's consistent with what the lease says, but I think when you're looking at the intent to be collected, the intent to be collected was the 15, um, 15, or I guess the 15, 15 sorry, the 15, 12, 50, because that's what was actually um, supposed to be paid to the tenant, and that was confirmed um, by the landlord. And so the fact that there's this rent concession, the purpose is to prevent a balloon payment um, you know, after the fact, and that's exactly what this is. And so I think couching the 1650 as the intent to be um, accepted is inaccurate. Um, obviously, the commission can disagree with that, as this is a legal question. But um, my interpretation of this is that when you look at the intent, is well, what what did the tenant actually pay, and what did the what did the landlord accept? And if the 151250 wasn't what the landlord intended to collect, they would have said, hey, you're deficient by $137 or whatever it is. 
Um, so I think when you're looking at intent, you have to look at what was accepted by landlord and the ledger is clear that they accepted that amount. Okay. So the, the actual demand or request to pay lesser rent, that would be the intent to collect the lesser amount, especially if there was no further action by the owner saying that you underpaid in rent. Right. So that the intent is to pay, to, to collect the lesser amount. Correct. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Kirpies. I have questions along the same lines. Um, uh, and I'm not sure, I don't understand it well enough to know whether um, I agree or disagree or even understand the, the exchange that just happened. Um, so what I'm reading here on page four or page 220 of our packet, but page four of your staff report, um, in the description of in order to determine the monthly rental rate actually demanded, and then it talks about uh, calculated the total amount actually intended to be collected during the initial term of the uh, about divided over 12 months. Um, oh, dividing that number, uh, the total number of the months in the initial term. So uh, I believe in this case, didn't they, in addition to offering um, didn't they also offer a one-month free rent uh, in this case? Or am I? Yeah, okay. So I think that that refers to in cases where there's a one-month free rent, that's deducted and divided over the 12 months, and that's how we come up with the monthly MAR in, in that case, if it were just a clean case where there was no change in rent. Is that correct, Mr. Natalizio? we were to look at this case without considering the, what's going on in the next year? Right, correct, that's right, okay. yeah, sorry, yes. Okay, so the, that's how we determine the MAR. The reason we're not identifying or recognizing the 1650s, because that alone is an illegal rental increase, right, because it's circumventing our rent uh, stabilization rules? Right, correct. Okay, thank you. Now I think I understand it better in my head. <laughs> So would this kind of special be a really bad idea for rent-stabilized rent units in the city of West Hollywood to have this kind of a deal? So that's a business decision um, for the landlords to decide. You know, this regulation is, a, is attempting to, I think, address rent concessions, and I think that the, the, this regulation is trying to find a medium between the RSO and also understanding that there is a um, business um, incentive to provide these rent concessions and especially getting tenants in and filling them, but that can't come at the cost of essentially creating a situation where rent can be 1512 and then the next year it's 1650. I mean, that that's functionally renders the RSO moot. Um, so this is attempting to um, provide that happy medium. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Um, so that concludes any or any public comments on this? No public comments. Okay, wonderful. Alrighty, so to the landlord, um, <laughs> now's your time to shine. Uh, you'll have five minutes. Just let us know how you want to divide it, and then you can state your name, city of residence, and begin.
Please speak into the microphone. Thank you very much. My name is Gideon Rossman. I live in Beverly Hills. Uh, when the tenant move in, we offer him a second month free rent. Our intention was to collect 11 times 1650, and we gave the tenant an option if he wants not to pay the second month, pay zero, or break the second month into 12 months. And I guess he chose to break it. It was better for his budget. The um, conditional uh, three months was, uh, and I'm quoting right now, is valid only if tenant pay all schedule rent per lease agreement during the first year on the due date. Otherwise, lease will have to pay back the free month and other special credit. Uh, the tenant failed to pay um, rent on time in July, I believe. He bounced a check in October. So we canceled the free month. We enter an invoice in our system. In February, we enter credit for free month. In October, we enter an invoice to collect, and we intended to collect it. It was uh, during the COVID time, so we couldn't really serve a three-day notice. We had also to be very careful not to uh, try to collect it too much. But uh, we definitely entered into our system, and our intention was to collect it. Tenant failed to pay twice more the rent. So total, I believe, was four times he missed payment. So he definitely violated the conditional for the three months. So the three months was voided. We intended to collect it. We still, that's our intention to collect it. Uh, and that's why we think the rent should be 1650 because that was the lease agreement. That's what we register with the city. We register it under 1650. We wanted to collect 1650, and that's our intention. Now, as a side note, as a side note, if you go with the city examiner, you approve the 1512, I calculate the refund that the tenant needs to get. If you go with the city, and I believe he made a mistake on his calculation based on the rent, 15, 12 per month charge, and based on what the tenant pay, the credit that the tenant needs to receive, and I have the exact number, it should be 2299.70 instead of 3580.9. But that's only if you go with the hearing examiner. Can you I'm walk done. us um, through your math on, on that number, the 2299? Uh, I provided to the city an Excel spreadsheet, which I have it here. I enter every month 1512. I enter all the payment of the tenant. He bounced twice checks, so I had to recharge him for the bounce check. So it's a credit and charge. And I went all the way to October, actually, including October. I believe uh, the examiner calculation was up to August. I went all the way to October. And it's a simple math on Excel. Plus, minus, plus, minus, plus, minus, and uh, we overcharge. If you go with the examiner, the overcharge will be 2290. And I will be happy to provide the Excel spreadsheet. Did you provide that to the examiner? Yes. 
the, the spreadsheet that you're yes. referring to, you did. Um, do you recall what exhibit number it exhibit is? Exhibit A. Exhibit A. Evidence number three, exhibit A, one of two, two pages. There's an agenda packet on, there's an agenda packet and you can point to the page number. It might be easier for the commission to find it. Well, I, I have only the first few pages of this. Oh, it's going to be there. I don't think that Excel spreadsheet could have been provided because the hearing was on July 18th. So I provided it for the appeal, right. not for the so hearing. It's not in the hearing. Okay. Yeah. Sir, could you turn to page 229 of that packet? Is that what you're referring to? 229. No. Okay. Okay, are there any additional questions for the landlord, Commissioner Kirby's? I was just gonna suggest that um, while, the, while the tenant is speaking, maybe on page 236, if you look at page 236, that's where the hearing examiner in their decision uh, put rent paid, the MAR, the rent excess. Maybe if you could look at that chart and when you come back to the podium, um, tell us maybe where in that chart that there's a mistake and that will help us identify it better. I don't think I ever saw it, but... Does that make sense? Yeah. On 236? First time I see it, but it's okay. You, you never got the hearing examiner's decision? I got, but this page, I didn't see it. Okay. I, I have another question for you, uh, and uh, I just lost it, so I'll have to do it on rebuttal. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then how much does he have? Oh, Commissioner Agassi? Uh, sir, uh, very quickly. Uh, you mentioned that the tenant's check bounced. I just want to know, I just want to understand, uh, is there any delinquent rent as of now, as of we speak? Is there, all the rent's been paid, um, late, but all the rent's been paid? Please, speak, please speak into the microphone. All the rent was paid except the canceled free month. That was never paid. Okay. I, I remembered my question. You mentioned that you, you calculated the additional month was due in October. Did you ever notice the tenant at that time or when did you give them notice that they owed that back month? I personally did not give. My staff might have done it, but we enter a, a, an invoice in our system to be collected because at that time uh, we could not really give three-day notice. That's usually the way we notify tenant when they owe money, give them three-day notice. But during COVID, that process was, uh, we could not take this avenue, this route. Uh, so um, maybe it was fall between the chairs, but I'm sure uh, somebody from my office uh, called the tenant and mentioned to him that he bounced a check. And right now the free month is canceled, but he should have known because that was part of the list, so we don't really need to tell him because that's part of the list. And, and the tenant didn't have access to your internal system, like there's not a no, public don't interface with, no. okay, thank you. And uh, sir, uh, can you repeat again, what was the month that the rent was not um, collected or waived or credited? 
I, I just want to make it sure that that was all included on, in the calculations. On, on July 13, 2021, tenant bounce payment, payment number 2430912. On July 14, uh, we issued that invoice demanding the 1650. Uh, uh, rent due on September 1st was paid on, on October 2nd, so that was his second uh, delay one month. And rent for October 1st paid on October 22nd, so that was his third. So which one uh, was not ever collected? You said there was one month that you never collected. I mean, we collected all of those, the bounce check and the late rent, we collected it. But so he paid everything. He late. doesn't owe you any money. He owed me only one month. So what was that month? Feb uh, the, the free first month. month. Was, Which uh, is the second month yeah, the of the tenancy? Month. So I just want you to state that month in the year. Yeah, it was the month number March, I believe, or April. When did this thing start? It was uh, April. April was the second month for this list. Okay, the April's April 2021. 2021. Just please state your name, uh, city of residence, and how you want to be addressed. Hello, my name is uh, Patrick Ridgen. I live in West Hollywood, California. Um, this is something very new to me, so also apologize for my less than professional work attire. <laughs> um, I guess to uh, address, as he did say, uh, I did pay those late payments as I was notified um, with something on my door um, with the total of those, what, two bounced and one late that he had mentioned. Um, number one, I was never, I, to this day, I've never been notified that I did owe that 1650. I actually just learned that right now. Um, because if I did, I would have paid it by now. Um, and when I did receive the um, one notice for the things that I did owe, I paid it back right away. Um, but I didn't only, I received one notice about that from something stuck to my door. They had an online portal, a very poor, uh, sorry, a very poor online portal with many, many issues. Um, even when I was late for my rent, there's no notifications. Um, and every time I did pay my rent, um, I got a uh, thank you for your payment email. So, and I actually, I'm, like I said, this is so new to me and it's a little overwhelming to do, but um, the, the two uh, bounced checks, I do wish that I would have gotten a notification about those through their portal or what have you, because I would have taken care of that right away rather than having to pay three different things at once. 
Um, and the main reason I did this to begin with the initial hearing was um, I, I had just spoken with a friend who was an attorney and just discussing things about RPM management in general. And um, he pointed me to the direction of, uh, it was Eugene Maskey, I think his name is, uh, for the um, Coalition for, uh, it's, it's Rent or something, I can't remember at this very moment, very nice guy. but. We went through all this. I spoke with their, free, I did their Zoom meeting where you can do the free uh, 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 attorney thing, talk, like 10 minute chat with them um, on an online portal. And uh, I had mentioned about the uh, moratorium that was in effect at the time and then the 15, the 15 12, 50, I believe, was the um, amount for the rent special that was advertised. Um, and um, they, they had brought it up and they were like, this could be something that you should look into, which this was not even the original reason I was talking to the coalition. That, that's a totally different thing I'm in the process of trying to address. Um, so that leads me here. Um, like I said, I did not know until five minutes ago that I owed 1650. I, I, I don't want to be behind on payments to someone, you know, I, I would like a place to live, but um, I don't want to just ramble on. I'm not sure what else to say at this point. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, thank you. You're doing fine. Um, so the commission now will have an opportunity to ask you any questions we may have. Um, are there any questions? So I, I have one question. So. When you entered the the lease, you know, were you aware that it was a you know, quote unquote, a rent special, um, and that your rent would increase to the sixteen fifty after that first year? Um, well, I, if I'm remembering collect correctly, it was, I can't remember what app, whether it was Craigslist or Zillow that it was advertised on, but. When, when I did arrive to tour the place, the term rent special was said probably 30 times, um, which really hooked me. Um, so, I, I mean, that, that's what I based it on when I had said yes to the place, okay. if that answers the question. <laughs> it does, thank you. Okay. Oh, Commissioner Rory? Do you recall reviewing the rent agreement and signing it? Uh, Two years feels like a lifetime to me right now, so at this very moment, no. Okay. But you don't deny that it was your, you signed it and whatever was in the record was the actual rent agreement? Uh, repeat that, I'm sorry. We have a, a rental agreement with your signature at the bottom. Right. That's, that was your signature, you signed that agreement? Correct, yeah. Okay. All right, thank you. You can uh, take a seat. The landlord will come back up and we'll deliberate. You can begin when you're ready. Okay, just to answer, I checked the calculation and I believe he failed to acknowledge that the tenant bounced a check on October 17th. Rent check bounced in the amount of 1500 So I believe that's the difference between my calculation and the city examiner calculation. 
That was 2022? Is, is that this year or last year? No, it's 2021. The bond check is oh, okay. 10, it's running 10, 17, 2021. That's probably, I'm not sure exactly what he did here, but, uh, and again, I want to uh, stress the fact that when we signed the agreement, it was 100% clear that it is 1650 rent and is getting one month free rent promotion and he needs to pay all rent on time and he failed to do it. And it's very clear according to the agreement that if he failed to pay rent on time, the free month is void now. And that's why he owe it. And the only reason he didn't pay it is because of COVID restrictions. Okay, are there any questions? Any questions? Okay. All right, thank you. you I can do have, have one, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you did mention uh, earlier that he had a choice between taking the month free or yeah, he had choice. having it basically prorated over the whole year. Yeah, I, I'm giving the month free on the second month and I'm ready to get zero rent on the second month. Okay, so, so my question for you is, uh, on page 250 of that packet there, is the uh, part, it's part of the residential lease agreement. There's already language written in there. This is, this is boilerplate language that you use for all of these rent specials, isn't it? Not really. It's, each okay. one is di different. So, so you created this specifically for this? Uh, probably. I didn't prepare it, but what I tell my guys always to make sure they can give the rent the one month free. I give the one month free on the second month. I have no problem for the tenant to prorate it because sometimes it's easier for them. And if what I'm getting to is it doesn't offer the options there, so I'm trying to decide, is there another form here? Uh, right in the middle of the bold underline, it says that it will be prorated over the 12 months, and I'm just trying to see where the other option is on this. The other option is in my system that I enter the one month free on the second month, and I enter invoices in my system 1650, okay. and as long as the tenant has a credit, because it, he has a credit, 1650, the credit is running, in the system, so every month the credit is going down. I, I understand, thank you. Okay, any additional questions from the commission? Okay, thank you, uh, you can take your seat. All right, are there any volunteers from the commission to kick off deliberations on this? Yep. Um, for me, this is very easy. We have dealt with this before on the commission. We actually had city council pass updates to this, so we hopefully would clarify this issue. Um, I would uphold the hearing examiner's decision, and I would not edit the um, amount owed back to the tenant. Um, I don't think simple testimony that a check was bounced is sufficient for us to take into consideration. Um, this is a legal question, so we look at this um, anew. And when this was brought before City Council, um, the staff report to City Council on this update to the RSO has a full explanation. And this is, you know, 
when you are looking at how a law is created and you can't figure out ambiguity, sometimes you go to the legislative history and look for the comments about what the legislators, or in this case the city council, um, was thinking when they passed a law or a change. And what Mr. Natalizio, um, our legal counsel, explained the reasoning um, behind this law or this regulation change is accurate um, to what the city council ultimately passed, and the staff report, which um, I think the city council agreed with, is um, this approach is intended to discourage rent concessions. Um, a landlord is offering a concession because it is what the market will bear, and the base rent is intended to reflect a figure consistent with market conditions when the unit is rented. Um, in addition to being the amount actually demanded, received, or collected, um, allowing for an automatic increase outside of the annual general adjustment, whether in the initial lease term or subsequent term, undermines the system of controls established by the RSO. Um, I think that's very consistent with what the staff report tonight says. Um, to me, this is, this is pretty straightforward. And to answer the vice chair's question earlier, if I was a lawyer for a business person, I would be very, very cautious about these type of things. There may be ways to craft them Separately, it would take me a long time to do that. It was not done here, and um, what my fellow commissioner brought up, I think on page 250, um, hammers the point home that this was spread out over 12 months. The rent was 15, 12, 50. It wasn't, I don't see a bonus month or anything like that. Even if it was a free month, it, I still would think it would be in violation of our, our regulations, but it's even more clear in this case, on, based on the agreement in 250 that the rent was at 1512.50 for the first month, and the law doesn't allow the rent to bump up to 1650, in my opinion. Thank you, very thorough. Um, Commissioner? I agree with everything that's been said except for um, my colleague's uh, objection to the 10, 17, 21 bounce check. Um, but after looking at the 10, because I think that is relevant if it were the case and if it were relevant in, in, in uh, you know, pointing out that the hearing examiner made an error. But as I look at page 236 um, in the hearing examiner's decision, I don't find that the hearing examiner claimed that the tenant paid any money for 10, 17, 21. For the months of 5, 4, 21 through 8, 2, 22, the hearing examiner listed that the tenant paid a total of 15, 15. Um, and then uh, what the excess MAR uh, was. So there's no claim in the final, uh, the excess uh, rent, that was never involved in the calculation of a payment on 10 17 And other than that, I agree with um, my fellow commissioner's um, analysis that this, uh, these unfortunately, um, unfortunate for landlords, um, specials are, um, are a way to circumvent, and then to try to increase the rent later is a way to circumvent our, our rent control policies. Um, and exactly as he, he read about the market, you know, these specials exist because the market is the market. <laughs> um, otherwise, they wouldn't be necessary. Thank you. Commissioner Bass? Yeah, I, I thank you both uh, for what you've had to say. It, it is more eloquent than I, what I will say, but. I will point out that the lease does say 1650, and and even though that's what it says, 
all leases for rent-stabilized units have to follow our code. And whether it says something different or not, if it's in violation of the code, it would stand to reason that the code, the code uh, uh, would, would rule in this case. Things in this lease you know, that stand out to me is it says that the stove is in the refrigerator included and the person renting is responsible for replacing it. Our code says if you, apply, if you provide a stove or refrigerator, it's up to the landlord to keep it in the same working order. Um, it also says on page 251 that the tenant is required to pay a $3.61 uh, payment each month to the city of Los Angeles for uh, systematic code enforcement. We're not in the city of Los Angeles. And actually, the city of West Hollywood let, allows you to pass through a $6 fee, not a $3.61 fee. So neither one of those things, even though they're in the lease, would bind the tenant because they don't abide by the code. So even though it says 1650 here, as Commissioner Marks pointed out, our city council made it abundantly clear that uh, the way this would be calculated is exactly the way the hearing examiner did it. And so for those reasons, I would support staff's recommendation in full. Thank you. Commissioner Rory. Uh, well, thank you both for coming tonight. Um, and you did great even if you, <laughs> you were in both informal. Um, I'm really glad to have the benefit of you guys explaining a little bit about the history behind that, because I missed that entirely in the staff workup, and I apologize if I skipped that part. It was towards the end of the PDF. Because uh, when I went through this, I was originally like, this is just um, a, a legal question about what does the total amount actually intended to be collected mean. And for me, you know, I was sympathetic to the landlord because when I read the lease, I mean, the top line says 1650 is the rent. Um, there's clear language at the signature block. It's gonna be, uh, you know, contingent on paying timely. And after, you know, the first year, it's gonna go to 1650. So. On that, I was like, wow, well, that seems like pretty good evidence of intent. Um, but if this is an issue that's already been um, looked at by the council, I'm going to defer to my fellow commissioners on that. And the only thing I would add is I, I do think it's, you know, worse than unfortunate for the landlord to offer a, a, a a rent concession like this and then put in all this language in the lease and then that's not how the MAR is actually collected. So I, I almost feel like the city should tell landlords don't offer or explain to landlords in their literature and advising because it's, you know, the RSO is for the tenants, it's also for the landlords, but I think the landlords have to understand that these type of rent concessions are gonna impact their MAR because that is basically what we're enforcing. And it does seem as a lay person looking at this the first, for the first time, um, like a you know, more than unfortunate circumstance for the landlord, but I'll, I'll follow my commissioners on this and um, hopefully the landlord understands going forward these rent concessions you should have your attorney look at them because they're going to impact your MAR. 
Commissioner Marks? Herpes? Yes. Uh, Vice Chair uh, Moore. I almost said Bass. Who are you people? <laughs> like Commissioner Rory, I did learn a lot tonight. Um, I was confused by the lease because the lease says one thing, but the amount that the tenant was paying for the year was a different thing. So that is where the decision really lies for me. Um, so it's pretty clear um, that, you know, I will uh, obviously agree with the staff's recommendation and the hearing examiner. So thank you. So I sort of a similar vein as uh, Vice Chair Moore and Commissioner Rory. Um, and when I read the language of Regulation 41001C that's cited throughout, the actually intended to be collected during the initial term language really sort of tripped me up uh, because my interpretation would have been in line with what the landlord actually did here. Uh, however, um, Commissioner March, you know, citing to the, the legislative history, which is my love language, so thank you, um, really clarified it. Um, because this language, you know, is somewhat ambiguous, I believe probably a couple of us probably thought it meant something different. With that legislative history, it really does give insight as to what the commission intended. Um, and because what the commission intended um, was to avoid situations that we're in, uh, I am also inclined to um, go to vote along with the um, hearing officer's decision and, and staff's recommendation. Um, I believe everyone from the com nope, Commissioner Topchin uh, is going to close us out. Yeah, I just uh, very quickly, Chair. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, so we had this type of cases when we had to determine the more based on the um, actual um, proof of payment. And, uh, you know, my, my question was about the, the actual verbing, the intent, what the intended amount would be, what was um, reported in the agreement and the rent registry form, or what was collected actually and received. And thank you, legal counsel um, clarified um, that question for me. So this, uh, other than that, I have, n there is no confusion and there is no, um, to me, there is no, um, any space or area to, uh, uh, to disagree or challenge this because this is the law. Uh, all, all I'm going to say is that, yes, maybe in some cases this will be discouraging for uh, some property owners to offer rent concession, but this is the law of our city, so uh, the recommendation would be for the landlords to review the ordinance. It's always a good idea to, if you, if you own a property or if you are um, you know, if you're planning to buy a property, purchase a property in the city of West Hollywood, just you need to understand that there are um, specific laws and maybe sometime, you know, maybe even very strict rules and regulations that the landlords have to abide, and this is one of those. And having said that, I have no problem um, of uh, supporting the staff's recommendation in this matter, uh, in this matter, affirming the hearing examiner's decision. Thank you. 
Okay, perfect. Um, the only, I guess, other comment that I will make was regarding the, the landlord's um, sort of claim that there was, you know, some mispayments, et cetera. Um, because that wasn't before, or what was before the, the hearing examiner, you know, that wasn't a part of their decision, um, you know, I'm inclined to go with what the hearing examiner sort of calculated as that being the case. Um, you know, if there's some, some recourse or some mispayment, you know, I would imagine that you would still be entitled to that, this notwithstanding, however, that evidence isn't before us, and so we can't overturn or reverse or change the decision um, without that before us. Um, and so with that said, is there a motion regarding resolution 23637? I can make a motion, yeah. Chair. Uh, I make a motion to adopt resolution uh, of the Rent Civilization Commission 23-637, a resolution of the Rent Civilization Commission to affirm the hearing examiner's decision as to rent decrease application uh, D-4772. I'll second. All right, we have a motion and we have a second. Madam Secretary, roll call, please. Commissioner Bass. Aye. Commissioner Kirpies. Aye. Commissioner Martz. Aye. Commissioner Rory. Aye. Commissioner Topshin? Aye. Vice Chair Moore? Aye. Chair Wright? Aye. All right, motion passes. I would like to thank the parties uh, for coming in person this evening. If you have any questions, please reach out to the Rent Stabilization Division at 323-848-6450 or via email or online at weho.org to a schedule an appointment. Alrighty, that closes out our, um, our appeals for this evening. Item number nine on the agenda is new or unfinished business. Um, there is none. Item number 10 are items from staff. Are there any other items from staff? No items at this time, but I did want to say that it's been an honor to be here helping you guys out these past two weeks while John was away. I'm looking forward to our study session where I'll be present as well to help you guys out. Thank you. And we also have the um, now the longest standing record of two POC folks uh, running the meeting. <laughs> um, item number 11 is public comment. Are there any public comments this evening? No speakers at this time. No speakers. Item number 12 are items from commissioners. Um, if there are items, uh, feel free to jump in. I don't want to call on you if you don't have anything, so jump in. Uh, a couple things. Uh, first of all, uh, good job. Uh, it's great having you here. Um, we'll miss you. Uh, one of the things I wanted to, I spoke to Ms. Natalizio about during the break was uh, it sounds like, based upon all of our, many, not all, but many of our, our uh, appeals that landlords aren't understanding um, that they should be filing uh, um, compliance determinations uh, as soon as they fix something. Um, don't come here tell us that um, that they fixed it, but actually file it immediately. Um, it would be in their benefit. Um, and I think that there might be some things that staff might want to talk about regarding that uh, because there might be some issues. But um, it'd be nice if we could get some clarification on how landlords are being told and, and if it's if there's anything more we can do to encourage them to do that. The second thing was, um, uh, I think Commissioner Mars said it uh, really well tonight, and I just wanted to kind of 
make a point, um, I'm not going to be able to say it nearly as eloquently as I would like to say it, but you know, the point about um, the significance of Costa-Hawkins on the, the laws and our civilization ordinances um, should be highlighted tonight, in this case, the case we just heard, because the reason why we have to stay so, so strong and, 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 and make sure that we have very clear lines on uh, rent increases is because of Costa-Hawkins. Costa-Hawkins does not allow us to uh, set the city to set um, rents under new tenancies, so it requires us to uh, hold landlords accountable to, they're allowed to raise, it, raise the rent however high they would like to uh, on a new tenancy. But they can't, I'm not saying this, that they do this intentionally, but doing a special, you're, you're, it's almost like tricking a tenant in to come in under a, a lesser amount, um, hoping to then make more money in the future. And that would be fine if we didn't have these restrictions, um, if you didn't have a rent-stabilized apartment, first of all. Um, uh, but we have to protect, as a city, we have to protect these units, and so uh, we're only going to allow landlords to go up to market, just like the law allows, and then we're gonna hold them to that. So it's not that we're pulling anything from landlords um, or hurting them in any way by not allowing them to do these specials. These specials are what, Mr. Martz mentioned earlier, that's the market. So they're, they're um, extending their rights um, by, by doing that, and then we're just holding them to our ordinances. The last thing, um, and speaking on um, uh, Costa-Hawkins, uh, there will be a proposition on the ballot. Um, it's the Justice for Renters Act um, that will, uh, would, um, would uh, not reverse, but eliminate Costa Hawkins, basically. Uh, and so I would ask that um, uh, we have an item on our on our agenda, future agenda in the next, um, let's say, uh, before the end of the year, before the end of the year, uh, to have consideration for this commission uh, to consider that proposition. Uh, and whether we would like to recommend to council whether the city should oppose or support or uh, take a position on it. And if I have a majority of the commission to allow that for that discussion on a future agenda. Absolutely. And then that's all. Yeah. Thank you. So informative. Thank you so much for that. Um, I don't have anything. And so with that, our meetings for this month are at an end. Um, and so the meeting of the Rent Stabilization Commission is adjourned into our next regularly scheduled meeting on December 14th at 7 p.m. in the West Hollywood City Council Chambers. Have a good night. <laughs>